ever been in love? We were talking, uh, uh, Dr. Tillich, about uh, the fact, uh, rather you mentioned the fact uh, just uh, a few moments ago, that the name Jesus Christ has no meaning for a lot of people in today's world. Uh, you have dealt a great deal also with the, the general problem of uh, the symbols and language associated with our religious tradition and uh, the problem that is raised for us in this respect today. Uh, would you make some comment about that? Yes, no, I, I would say that we have learned now in the last 10 years, I think very generally, that religious language is symbolic language. It means that you cannot take any religious symbol literally. If you do so, you bring it down to a level to which it doesn't belong, to a level of the table or of our talks with each other. But religion belongs to the level of the infinite, the ultimate, the unconditional. And if we speak about it, we must use ordinary words and objects. But if we do so, we must at the same time know that we now use them not in their ordinary meaning, but in another meaning, and this meaning I call symbolic. This is Henry Volk, and you are listening to Theology in Perspective, the podcast about Pentecostal theology. Listen, I'm so glad to be with you in your earbuds and your speakers. Whatever way you're listening, it's all good. And today it's going to be really good because we're going to be talking about Paul Tillich, one of my all-time favorite, favorite theologians, as uh, Doug Heffernan from King of Queens would say, he wouldn't say theologian, he would say theologian. And uh, Dr. Tillich was certainly a theologian. And, uh, <laughs> oh, at least I amuse myself. So, uh, you know, in the, the past few episodes we've been talking about God. You know, uh, the last two episodes we kind of talked about classical theism. Um, the last episode we brought up some Aquinas, we talked about the traditional uh attributes of God, etc., etc. Today, we're going to kind of broaden the horizon. We're going to expand out a little bit, go into some uh, uncharted territory, as Captain Kirk would say. And we're going to be talking about the theology of Paul Tillich. You know, who was Paul Tillich? Paul Tillich was a, a brilliant German existentialist philosopher theologian um, who lived in the last century. He was a contemporary of Barth and Bonhoeffer and all those guys. And basically, um, he spoke out against the Nazis and uh, he was booted by Hitler from um, his uh, professorship. I-, I believe he was actually a chair at a college in Germany. And when the Nazis came to power, he was um, 
booted out. And so, uh, because it, the situation became more and more uh, dangerous for him, he was offered by uh, Reinhold uh, Niebuhr to come here to America and teach at um, uh, Union Theological, uh, which he did. And um, amazingly, I think he learned like English and like I forget the time period, but he he didn't know English and he like learned English in this like amazingly short period of time. And he had really excellent English as well. Um, but anyways, this was Paul Tillich. And Tillich, uh, his thought has become, is kind of going through a renaissance, I guess you could say. You know, people kind of wrote Tillich off for a while, kind of thinking that his thought was pretty much just uh, indicative of, of his day. And But it's kind of coming back into circulation and it's more popular. And uh, actually how I found out about Tillich, I mean, I, I'd heard about him, I'd, I'd seen his name online, and people mentioned him, but uh, Rob Bell was actually the, uh, the the one who introduced me to Tillich. Uh, Rob Bell did, on his podcast, The Robcast, he did a three-part podcast series about God in which he kind of threw Tillich's name out there. And so I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I happened upon a copy of Tillich's Systematic Theology, in a half price book, so I got that, and I'm still yet to really read that. I've read some of it. Um, I just need to sit down and like plow through it because I, I really enjoy reading Tillich. Um, it's one of the things that I actually like about Aquinas, also. I mean, Tillich and Aquinas are probably my two favorite theologians, to be honest, even though they're often kind of all known, definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum for sure, but. Uh, the thing I like about them is they, they were both very precise writers. Um, they're just very easy to understand, very... I mean, not that what they wrote wasn't dense and, and complicated at times, but once you kind of got the lingo, once you understood the direction that they were taking things, then uh, it was very easy to, to follow their thought, unlike someone like Karl Barth, who is just very dense and kind of meanders and and never makes these clear, definite points in the way that someone like Aquinas or, or even Tillich did. That's my personal opinion. I have a, I have a hard time reading Bart. I've read some, some of Bart, and I, I try to get into the church dogmatics, and it's just, I have a hard time uh, when I read Bart of like finding like the point of what he says. He, he I think he kind of meanders when he when he or he meandered when he when he wrote. Anyways, <laughs> people tell me Emil Bruner was was a lot better. He's like the the Bart 2.0. Um, don't hate me for saying that. Don't shoot the messenger. So, anyways, we're gonna be talking about Tillich. And so Tillich, Tillich's understanding of God was uh, definitely, I I want to say something kind of kind of new maybe for the time. But at the same time, his, his thought was uh, not unlike other thinkers um, who were around at his time. So Tillich definitely departed with classical theism because for Tillich, God was the ground of being. What does that mean, the ground of being? Basically, Tillich didn't like 
the language of classical theism because it basically made God a being among other beings. So even if God is the most exalted being, the highest being, the unlimited being, he is still a being among other beings. So Tillich would either say that God is being or that God is the ground of being. Um, and so, and, and likewise, Tillich, I, I mean, he would get in trouble and, and people would misunderstand him because at times he would say stuff like God doesn't exist. And, and what he means by that is that God is beyond, uh, beyond existence. Uh, because to exist uh, simultaneously implies uh, to not exist, and so God is beyond uh, beyond both of those. And so Tillich, you wouldn't say that God is a person, God is the person, or God is personality. Um, he never wanted to, to speak of God in a way that would, would bring God down to our level. Uh, if God's anything, he is always the the thing, you know, and it's not a, he, he cannot be brought down to our level, he cannot be a being amongst other beings, he cannot be a intelligence amongst other intelligence, he cannot be a person amongst other personalities, so that, in that way for Tilla, God really is the, the unconditioned, the absolute, the uh, being itself, or the ground of being, however, Tillich, I mean, Tillich, uh, in addition to his his understanding of God as the ground of being, really did a lot to synthesize, probably isn't the right word, but kind of construct a theology of culture to uh, kind of end the war between secular society and culture and theology and the church and religion. And so Tillich famously said, and this is in his book, um, Theology of Culture, great book by the way uh, Tillich, this is one of his famous uh, sayings Tillich says religion is the substance of culture culture is the form of religion and so you know and what how that got Tillich in trouble was is that uh, his kind of friendliness with, with the atheistic ideas and language like I said before Tillich would say stuff like God doesn't Exist and people didn't people that made people very uncomfortable. However, Tilk was pretty very clear that he wasn't a part of the Death of God movement, uh, which I believe started in like in the in the 60s predominantly. Um, definitely, I think a little bit before, if I remember the history of that movement. But basically, said that God had died, or it was also called Christian atheism, and Tilk was uh, very vocal about how he was not a part of that movement that his, his language had been misunderstood but at the same time Tillich uh, you know at the same time he, he wouldn't want to uh, maybe align himself either way you know he wouldn't want to, to place himself uh, in a position that would be an antagonistic towards atheists uh, nor uh, antagonistic towards theists so he says here in the theology of culture, if you start with the question whether God does or not does or does not exist, you can never reach him. And if you assert that he does exist, you can reach him even less than if you assert that he does not exist. A God about whose existence or non-existence you can argue is a thing besides others 
within the universe of existing things. And so, uh, and so this, I mean, people, that, that kind of language made people very uncomfortable. However, Tillich also had a, a, a functional understanding of God. So Tillich would also say that atheists don't exist. And this is probably my favorite book by Tillich. It's called The Dynamics of Faith. He has two really popular books. There, they are the they are the Dynamics of Faith and the Courage to Be. These are Tillich's two big books. In addition to his three volume systematic theology, and basically Tillich, uh, his understanding of faith was departed from the traditional understanding of faith in that he said that faith was ultimate concern. So Tillich says here in uh, The Theology of Culture, if we abstract the concept of religion from the great commandment, we can say that religion is being ultimately concerned about that which is and should be our ultimate concern. That means that faith is the state of being grasped by an ultimate concern and God is the name for the content of that concern. Such a concept of religion has little in common with the description of religion as the belief in the existence of a highest being called God, and the theoretical and practical consequences of such a belief. Instead, we are pointing to an existential, not theoretical, understanding of religion. And he goes on to say, Christianity claims that the God who is manifest in Jesus the Christ is the true God, the true subject of an ultimate and unconditional concern. Judged by him, all other gods are less than valid objects of an ultimate concern, and if they are made into one, become idols. Uh, so, you know, I, I really like his definition here of faith, because I think it's uh, so true. Um... And this is when he gets up with his his existential understanding of of uh, religion that it is something uh, functioning. You know, it, it is a functional part of our life. So, uh, in the courage to be, yeah, in the courage to be, he he talks about collectivism and communism as being a uh, form of religion. I believe it's it might be dynamics of faith, but I'm pretty sure it's the courage to be. He talks about that and how that, you know, these ardent believers in communism, um, you know, that's their ultimate concern. You know, uh, is the is the Soviet Union at the time, and the problem is is that that uh, will disappoint because it's not worthy of that ultimate concern. And so that that's a brief glimpse into Tillich's two. Uh, main thoughts, two main contributions, his understanding of uh, God as the ground of being. Also, he called this the God above, the God of theism, and his kind of functional understanding of religion and God as God as the ultimate concern, and faith as being in a state of ultimate concern. And I, currently I'm reading a book called uh, Paul Tillich and Pentecostal Theology, uh, and I'm really loving it. So once I get done with that book, I will also do a podcast on it. And it's already just really, really fantastic. I'm really loving it. And so 
uh, just a, a few things before before I go. I understand that uh, this episode and the next one I do on Dietrich Bonhoeffer may uh, ruffle some feathers, or rustle some feathers, whatever the saying is. Um, I apologize if it kind of uh, if you're like like what's he talking about? It's not it's not what I learned in church, but it's good to kind of broaden our horizon and, and see what people have been thinking. Um, right or wrong, whether we agree or disagree. And uh, when it comes to kind of this more progressive understanding of God, I think a great place to start uh, just for reading would be someone like Rob Bell. He wrote a book called uh, What We Talk About When We Talk About God. Excellent book. I, I highly recommend it. It's an easy, quick read. Um, and of course, Rob has has different podcasts on his podcast where he talks about his understanding of God, which is influenced by Tillich and some of these other more liberal, uh, progressive thinkers. And uh, he actually did did one recently, I think, with um, oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. He's he's Irish. He, he has a great accent. He, he's and he's a great philosopher. Oh man, I, I I hate that. I wish I could remember his name. Well, his name is uh, Peter Rollins. Peter Rollins. He uh, uh, Peter Rollins is definitely he definitely brings the existential angst whenever you uh, listen to him on any podcast or whatever. But uh, uh, that's that's good stuff. It's it's a good resource to kind of get your feet wet. Uh, but then then again, Rob's book is is also just very excellent. And you know what I like about Tillich is, is that I've I've often found that I get along better with uh, non-Christians or atheists. I find that they're much more enjoyable to to talk about matters of faith or God with uh, than believers. Um, that may not be true with you. I mean, no nobody likes the angry atheist. Even atheists don't like the angry atheist. But someone who's like it's willing to have a like a genuine talk about it. Um, I don't know. I always seem to do better with those people, and I, I guess they seem to do better with me. But I think someone like Tillich is, is someone you can always bring out and kind of find those places of commonality, where you know where people, especially who have been raised in church, um, aren't even necessarily rejecting the God of classical theism. They're typically rejecting a caricature of the god of classical theism you know uh, kind of like you know the the man in the sky with the the puffy white beard kind of thing and so we, when you kind of interact with people like Tillich and you kind of bring his thoughts to the conversation it, it helps to build some commonality I found and you can uh, just begin to talk about things in a more civil way and, and find that that you may agree more than than you actually disagree. That, you know, that the problem is is kind of these perceptions and and misunderstandings and and etc. So at this point I'm just kind of rambling, but I hope it was a uh, informative episode. I hope it was a blessing to you. I've enjoyed talking, and I hope you have a blessed blessed week. This is Henry Volk. You've been listening to Theology and Perspective. Be blessed. Be awesome. The footsteps that were next to me have gone their separate ways. I've seen it all.